This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 40, Limiting Beliefs with Molly Claire, with your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson. Molly Claire is the co-founder of The Coaching Collective, CEO and Master Coach at Molly Claire Coaching, and also a Master Coach Instructor for the Life Coach School. She authored the best-selling book, The Happy Mom Mindset, and hosts the Masterful Coach Podcast. Molly is passionate about helping women overcome their limiting beliefs to build a profitable and meaningful business that supports their ideal life. She specializes in helping coaches master their coaching skills, create a CEO mindset, scale beyond 100K, and ultimately create the life they want. Enjoy. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. Today, we are so excited to have a special guest, Molly Claire. I'll let you introduce yourself, Molly, but I just want to say we are so excited to have you because you are our coach and mentor. We are part of a wonderful program called the Coaching Collective. We're now in the mastermind portion of the program, and this is an amazing program that we have joined to really up-level our lives, our businesses, and our coaching skills. And you have just been such a tremendous example to us. And we wanted to have you on today to talk about a topic that is pretty dear to me, things that I'm working on right now. But I'm first going to let you just introduce yourself a little bit, and then we will jump right into our conversation. Sounds great. Thank you. So fun to be here and so fun to be a part of your podcast and your business, of course, since I have you in the mastermind. And yeah, so I started my coaching business in the corner of my bedroom with my laptop and the timing in my life, in my view, did not seem ideal at all for me. I was kind of struggling with my health at the time, had chronic fatigue, trying to manage, you know, life. And it was like, well, one day I'll do this. Um, But one day turned into right away, the right opportunity opened up and I dove right into creating a coaching business, figuring everything out from coaching skills to business skills. And it's been really great going through that journey and overcoming a lot of obstacles and a lot of money beliefs that have been limiting to me that I've (laughs) overcome. So now I work primarily with coaches building their business and of course run the coaching collective with um, Amy Gianni, my business partner. And I just, I love being a part of helping people up-level their lives and expand what's possible. So I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. Mm. Well, we have nothing but good things about uh, you and Amy and everything you've taught us. And and one of the things you, you mentioned that we want to talk about specifically today is about our money beliefs and our limiting money beliefs. And this is a topic, you know, we were chatting about it before we started. It's something I never really thought about. Like, what are money beliefs? Like, we have money beliefs. We have limiting money beliefs. And as I've been going through this process and this journey of, you know, several years ago becoming a coach coach and then working on up-leveling different things in my life, it's become more and more apparent that there are some limiting money beliefs that I have that are sort of running through every area of my life. It's really coming up a lot now as I'm, you know, starting this coaching business, but I can sort of see 
it's been a theme throughout my life. It was a theme when I was younger, definitely a theme when I went through a divorce, a theme with my life now with my husband and children. And and I look at how I've raised my kids and their money beliefs mm-hmm. and the impact. So I really wanted to today dive into and share with our audience, like just starting from the basic, like what are money beliefs and where do they come from and why do we have them and how do they impact our lives? Yeah. Those are a lot of questions all at once. We'll get yes, to one yes. time. <laughs> Let's talk about all of them. I'm ready. So yeah, I think that the most fascinating thing is that like you said, we don't really realize we have money beliefs. We just think we understand the facts about money, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. we're taught a certain way of viewing money, experiencing money in our homes, maybe in our community. It could be influenced by where you live. If you're a part of a certain church that has a certain way of thinking about money, right? And so just like everything else in our lives, we are influenced by what's around us and we think we just understand what's true about money. Mm -hmm. But the reality is for every person, everyone has a certain view on money, a certain set of beliefs, a certain set of thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? And when you say like limiting, sometimes the ways we think about money serve us very well. Sometimes they don't. And it's only when we examine them that we can figure out which is which, right? Right. And I think it's also interesting. It's been quite taboo to even talk about money. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, never mind the beliefs about money. It's just even even having this conversation, like sharing. We're on a podcast talking about money. And that in, right. in a lot of cultures, a lot of areas, that certainly for me would have been like a very taboo thing. You don't talk about how much yes. you make. You don't talk about your money. You don't talk about debt. You don't talk about investments. You just don't talk about it. That's right. And I think, you know, just yesterday in the mastermind, we were having a training about money. And that's one of the things I said is, when do we ever talk about money? We don't. We need to talk about it as much as we can, not because money is so important, but because the way we think about money does and can put limits on our lives. Mm -hmm. Think about how much time and energy we invest in thinking about money. And for all of your listeners, I think everyone can just take a minute to think, how often do you worry about money? How often do you feel frustrated about money? How often do you feel powerless to money or how much you're making or not making, right? Mm -hmm. And so the topic of money, we can pretend that we want to just like not talk about it, but it is ever present in our lives and our emotions, right? Yeah. Right. Whether we like it or not, we have a relationship with it. Absolutely. And so I think the first step for anyone listening who has any level of awareness, right, of like money beliefs and how it impacts you, just notice some of the feelings or thoughts that come up for you when you think about money. And whoever's listening right now can just write it down, right? Money is what? Money is plentiful. Money is hard to come by. Money is hard to make. What are the thoughts that you have about money and what are the feelings you associate with it as well, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that right there can be a very big aha moment just to realize how you're thinking about money and how it's impacting you. Well, yesterday in the mastermind that you were referring to that call and you, you coached me a little bit on money, but you also had us do another exercise about writing down some of our thoughts and then having to go back and what were, you know, circling the negative thoughts that you have about money. And when I went back, I realized everything was circled Mm, and it just was such an aha. Like I was sort of, I'd been working on my money mindset and thinking about it and thinking, Oh, I'm getting, 
getting to a good place of being neutral. And then when I just sort of let loose and wrote it out, I was like, oh, there's a lot of scarcity in there for me. Like money, when you said those things, it's hard to come by. You have to work Mm -hmm. for it. Money doesn't grow on trees. Don't waste your Mm -hmm. money. And Mm -hmm. that also, you know, spills over into other areas of my life about time and, you know, not to waste time and not to you know, time is hard and yeah, all yeah. those things, you see how it does interact in other areas. Yes. And I think the thing that can be so tricky about these thoughts is that a lot of them seem very noble, mm-hmm. very virtuous, yes. right? It's like you should work hard for your money, right? There's this sense of a work ethic. And I'm not saying that that thought is even a negative one per se. Mm-hmm. And so with any of these thoughts, first of all, we have to see them as thoughts, right? So right. what Leah's talking about is basically this idea of just like write down a couple paragraphs about what you think about money or why you think you don't have more money, right? And right there you have a collection of thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then you can look at them and even just taking a minute to try those thoughts on and notice how you feel. Because it could be that for one person, the thought you have to work hard for money could actually create a positive feeling for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It depends. It may bring for them a sense of motivation, excitement, drive. And for someone else, it may create a negative emotion. And so I think for all of your listeners, this is just a great starting point of awareness to write down those thoughts and then try them on and see what emotion they create. Because it matters, right? The feelings that we have. I love that. And feelings about money can come up whether you have it or whether you don't just like we talked about before this started, right? So you can have an abundance or you can have a lack of, and you might still feel shame either way, which is so interesting. A hundred percent. It's so fascinating because we think money will solve problems, right? But really we just create problems with money, whether we have it or not. Like you said, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not like you know, you've heard this phrase like more money, more problems. No, it's Mm -hmm. just different problems. Everyone has a different set of problems around any amount of money based on our thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember doing a training where there was a coach that was very wealthy, had a lot of wealth in generations and all the stuff she was getting coached on was on money issues, shame, embarrassment, even some scarcity and worthiness. Mm -hmm. Such a big thing connected with money, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think with a lot of coaches, as I work with them building their business, that's one of probably the biggest roadblocks for them in terms of money beliefs is thinking that they need to be more deserving of money or that somehow their worth is equated in some dollar amount. And we even hear people say things like, charge what you're worth, Mm -hmm. right? I hate that phrase because like my worth, your worth, both of you and everyone listening, you can't put a dollar amount on it. No. Right? Like your worth is infinite and abundant and you want to charge for what the value is that you're providing, right? It has nothing to do with your personal worth. And so I think the more we can notice that relationship between a dollar amount and our worth and loosen it the more we can have a more positive experience about money that we have or don't have. Oh, I love that. I love that. So really, where do these money beliefs come from? They come from really our beliefs about anything just come from our 
upbringing, right? Things that we're told, Mm -hmm. they also come from our personal experience. And so you could have two different people learning the same messages, but may have a very different experience with money. And so we make sense of things in our life when we experience something, right? And then Mm -hmm. also there's something to be said for that. Just the way that two people are going to make sense of or interpret something is going to be different. So it's all of these things, right? It's messages that we hear, it's family, it's culture. It's also each individual's own processing system of how they interpret those things. And it's also the experiences that we have and how we make sense of those. So I think those are kind of the three main things that create a set of money beliefs for us. And one of the things like we were talking about right before we started this, as we were kind of preempting having this conversation is that everyone listening here, you probably just think you know what's true about money. And I know for me, it was like, okay, these are the things that I've learned about money. This is how money works. This is what it is. And these people over here who deal with money differently, who make different money choices or think about it differently, they just, they're just wrong. They just don't understand how money works, right? Never did it occur to me that actually maybe there's a lot of different ways you can think about and deal with money. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I, I think, you know, one of the other things that I challenged our mastermind to do yesterday, right, was to look at the ways that it's not true that our worth is related to money. And I know I'm kind of hitting back on this because I think it's a big deal. I think as humans, we feel like we're not good enough. We have a lot of thoughts that we're not enough, that we're not deserving, that we're not worthy. And it's just one of those things that we all experience at some level, right? Mm -hmm. And um, money is just another way that we can prove to ourselves that we're somehow not worthy or, or we can if we're attaching that worthiness to money, it can keep us from earning more, making more, having more. Right. Right. If we have any limits on what we believe we're worth, then it's going to manifest in that way. And so, you know, one of the examples I used is like, I think everyone listening here to your podcast can think about someone who you may deem very worthy and deserving of money, right? Someone mm-hmm. with a good heart, maybe someone that works hard, whatever it is that your brain tells you makes someone worthy and deserving. Mm-hmm. You can probably think of someone who's like that, who doesn't have what you would consider a lot of money, right? Yeah. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And you can also think of people who have what you would consider gobs of money, and you maybe don't have that positive of an opinion about them, right? And it's <laughs> they like, don't so deserve that money. Yeah. That's right. It's like, wait, you mean that person gets all the money? I know. How is it possible they have the money? That's not fair. I've definitely, I'll openly say I've definitely thought that. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that person has that amount of money is because they have thoughts about money that mean that they have that money, right? Right. A lot of money to you doesn't seem like a lot of money to them or whatever it is, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. their beliefs are. So I think the more we can realize that money, how much money we do or do not have is truly influenced by what our thoughts are about money and has nothing to do with our worth or what we deserve at all. The more you can loosen that, the more freedom you have to create more financial abundance. Yeah. So how do these limiting money beliefs show up in other areas of our life? Do they show up in other areas like, you know, in relationships or in your work or in your business? How do they pop up? Oh my, how do they not pop up, right? (laughs) I was going to say, you know, like when you think about money stories, the stories that we have about money, and then you add a significant other, now you have two people's limiting money stories 
you know, right? in relationship. So it's tricky. No wonder oh, money causes yeah. problems in, in relationships. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest with you that I identified a thought for me where I perceived that I couldn't have the ability to create what I wanted financially if I was locked in with someone else financially. Yes. Because I felt like a lot of your listeners, I'm sure frustration, like in my first marriage, a lot of frustration within money Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. me, my ex-husband, we had a very different view of money. We had a different way of spending it, a different way of saving it. We had different money blueprints entirely. And so I felt very powerless in that situation. And I'm sure he did as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, as I've looked at my thoughts, I've identified that I have this belief that I don't have the power to create what I want if I'm connected with someone else financially, which yes. is a problem, right? Oh, then you're- I share that belief as well. I see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, I need to pay attention to this and figure out how I could think about me having a relationship financially with my business partner, with my husband, so that I can feel more capable and empowered. If I'm going to do that, I have to be able to shift that way of thinking, right? And release Mm -hmm. it. So that's part of my work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't remember what the question was you asked me, but <laughs> <laughs> I was I was saying, well, that's perfect because I was saying, how does it show up in different areas of our life? And so oh, that's right. one way it shows up in in relationships for sure. We can see, yes. and like you pointed oh, out, yeah. Heather, like what is one of the number one things that people fight about is money, right? That they have, mm-hmm. you know, stemming yeah. from their beliefs of money, and one person thinking, no, my way is the way that we need to be dealing obviously, with obviously, right? Obviously. <laughs> and it's his problem that my money isn't going better because if he would follow my plan, it would be fine, right? So, oh, the money manuals. I know, right? And I think for me, like I said, referring to my ex-husband, for example, that we had very different money blueprints, but it's been really nice for me to see some of the ways that some of his ways of thinking and beliefs had a positive influence on me as well, right? Right, right. So I think the more open, when we're just so set on our way of thinking about money, of being the only way, we stay even more stuck in our money limiting beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So the more we can open up to learning from all kinds of ways of thinking about money and try them on and see if they would serve us, I just think it gives us a lot more wiggle room to create what we want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Now, what about for people who are running businesses and, you know, entrepreneurs, how does their money belief impact their ability to create a business? If you think about whatever seems like a reasonable amount of money to charge for something to you, and I use that, I'm like stressing the word reasonable, right? Because everyone would think whatever's reasonable or whatever's a little or whatever is a lot would be the same, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. not, right? Not at all. Yeah. And so I think right there, whatever amount you feel comfortable charging for services comes into play. Your belief about how much is a lot of money will impact what goals you set financially. And absolutely, if you have set a goal financially that is much higher than you think is reasonable, Mm -hmm. guaranteed you're going to stir up a lot of doubt, a lot of fear, and you're going to end up spinning a little bit as you try to meet that goal because there's a bit of cognitive dissonance, right? Like your mm-hmm. brain is not exactly there yet. So it shows up in all those ways, but it doesn't mean that it has to stop you, mm-hmm. right? Because right here, like everyone listening is getting more awareness of this. right? And I always use this phrase, if you can see it, 
you don't have to be it. Yeah. There's um, Alex Howard of the yeah. Optimum Health Clinic. I like steal that quote oh, from him I all love the time. It. Yeah, I know when he said it for the first time when I heard it, I was like, oh, that is so good. If you can see it, you don't have to be it. It's brilliant, right? And so here's the thing. Everyone listening, do you have limiting money beliefs? Yes, but you have all kinds of limiting beliefs. It's not a big deal. It's not a problem Mm -hmm. because you can see it, right? And when you have that awareness and you can see where it's limiting you, that's when you can have the freedom to explore other ways you could interpret or view things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sometimes even this thought, right? I have limiting money beliefs. If you try that on, could bring up a feeling of, stuckness or, you know, fear or incapability or something. And so while it's useful to be aware of these beliefs and how they're impacting you, I also hope that everyone listening can make room to understand that we are always able to shift our beliefs and view of things, right? That's the nature of moving through life and shifting things. And Mm -hmm. I love also the idea of, you know, because I do look and I think, oh, I do have limiting money beliefs but I'm still going to move forward. I'm still going to be working. I can work alongside while I am growing my business or working on my relationship or doing anything that I want to do. I think sometimes we look at our beliefs and if they are limiting us in some area, we think I've got to work on them. I've got to get them taken care of. Once I've got them and I have a new mindset, then I'll move forward. And okay, but then you're probably going to be dead. (laughs) So you're going to be so stuck. Like we almost get fixated on like getting rid of this poisonous thought or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's there. So what else? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. What else is possible? What else could I believe at the same time? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it could just come along with me for, all right, I have this belief. You're coming along with me for the ride because I also have another belief. And even for me, that other belief is I can figure this out. Like I don't need to figure it all out now. I'm, it's great that I'm shining the light on it. Now I'm aware of it. I can figure it out and move forward. And I think it's like that with all our beliefs that hold us back. We can still move forward while we have them. Oh, yeah. And everyone listening here has already shifted money beliefs in some way. And I think it's Mm -hmm. important to take a minute to think about that. Mm -hmm. So this morning, I was at an appointment with my daughter, and she noticed that they had, um, have you ever seen those like white noisemakers? They're just little round things that you just plug in, right? Yeah. And she said, they have that noisemakers. I use one to sleep at night. She's like, oh, you know, she said, that's really expensive that they have those. She said, aren't they expensive? I think they cost like $60, you know, and to her, it was like, this was like bankrupting this business (laughs) that they had for this. (laughs) Right. And so we all laugh about that, but to her, $60 is so much money. And so I think that's the other thing is just recognize that already you, everyone listening has shifted what you think about money. And so why is it not possible to continue to do that too? Right. I love that. So I'll share a big money belief shift for me that I know you have both heard me tell this story, you know, but when I was in um, my master coach training program, I was going through my divorce at the time and I was terrified about money. I had been mostly a stay at home mom for about 15 years Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I believed I was very capable of taking care of myself. I was very independent before I had gotten married and yet 
when I had been dependent financially for that long, I didn't feel as capable. I especially did not feel capable of being the provider for me and my kids, right? It'd be one thing if it was just me. Just it's me, like, oh, I when know it's your that. kids, yeah, it's a whole right? other level it feels like. This, yeah. this is like the big time, yeah. right? Yeah. And I remember just feeling so terrified at that time. And I remember I was in master coach training and I was on one of my training calls and my coach, Brooke Castillo, had asked me, tell me, why can't you just make as much money as he does? And I thought the question was so absurd. I was like, come on, like, is she really (laughs) asking me this? Is she making fun of me? But the thing is, to me, I thought she was asking me an absurd question. But to her, me not believing that was possible was just as absurd to her. Right. Right. And so when she asked that, I said, well, I said, come on, he makes a lot of money. And then she pushed me and asked again. And she said, why don't you just make as much money as he does? And what came up for me was because I'm a woman. And this is when it became clear to me, I clearly had a view that because I was a woman, I was not capable of providing at the same level as a man. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to see that belief. I couldn't believe it. It was kind of like, wait, no, I don't believe that. Maybe other people think that. Did that just come out of my mouth? (laughs) Yeah. And I couldn't deny that it was there. And I remember in that moment thinking, this belief is unacceptable for me to keep. And so one day I will believe something different. And I committed that one day I would believe I could make that same dollar amount that he made. Kind of like you were saying a minute ago, Leah, about trying to think, oh, I need to fix this belief or work on this or get rid of it. Like that belief stayed with me for a while, right? And so even though I decided I was going to believe something different, I didn't believe it right away. I didn't believe it every day, but it was like one day I'm going to believe this and I'm going to keep pushing the limit on what I think about money until I get there. And I did and I passed it. And now I'm like, oh, isn't that funny that I didn't think I could do that? Mm-hmm. So funny. That's amazing. I love hearing that story when you shared it. So the awareness piece is a huge piece. What is the next step that somebody can do? We can learn to become more aware of what our beliefs are. Like you had given the suggestion, write it all down. What do you think about money? What comes up? What are the emotions? And what do you suggest would be the just the one next step that we can offer our listeners for them to do? I would say, I think questions to challenge your thinking are a really useful step because we think we can just like tell ourselves these thoughts, right? Or just ingrain something new. But that often becomes more of a power struggle of trying to control what we're thinking. And Mm -hmm. I think much more useful, for example, let's say one of your listeners has a thought like money is hard to come by. Well, you can ask yourself things like, what if I'm wrong about that? What if money isn't so hard to come by? What if sometimes money isn't hard to come by? What would it be like if money were easy to come by? So any way you can offer yourself these little questions to challenge your brain, because our brain loves to answer questions, right? It loves to fill in the blank Yes, and it loves to answer questions. And so if you ask your brain a good question, it will give you a good answer. So that would be the next step. I love that hard versus easy because we sort of think, well, at least my brain goes to automatically, well, money is hard, but it is just a thought. Money could Mm -hmm. just be easy. I was actually having a conversation with my son this morning. He's just started university and he was talking about school being hard. And this is a common theme. Like, well, it's going to be hard. Everybody's been saying, you know, school's going to be hard. You're away from home the whole first time. And, and I said to him, you know, I was thinking the other day through coaching, somebody said, but what if it was easy? 
Mm-hmm. What if school yeah. is easy? And I, I asked him, I said, how are you showing up when you have the thought like this is going to be really hard? And how are you going to show up if you have the thought like this is pretty easy? And he was like, that's really true. Like it changes your whole perspective. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it may be hard and you may run into challenges, but choosing to have the thought, this is going to be so hard. So choosing to have the thought money is hard is likely mm-hmm. going to make money hard, but having oh, that <laughs> money is easy. Money is fun. I can create this money. And that's what I'm trying to move from. Everything's hard to what if it is easy? Let's just yeah. believe it yeah. is easy. And yeah. See what happens. I think so. And challenging with the questions because sometimes it can feel really good to think something like money is easy, right? Or mm-hmm. money is fun. And yet some listeners will feel like the minute they say that, it feels like a kind of this pretty lie or something. And yeah. they're like, yeah, but that's not really true. So truly try on those thoughts and see how they feel and use those questions to just give a little bit of wiggle room. So if it doesn't feel authentic to you, don't keep trying to beat it into your head. Find a way of phrasing it or a way of asking a question that's going to allow your brain just a little bit of movement. Like sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Inserting those little words. Yeah. Yeah. What if money is easy once in a while? Okay. (laughs) Maybe. Right. I can get on board with that. Yeah. Those little language hacks. Maybe money. Sometimes. Occasionally. Yeah. That's right. All those things. That's right. Well, this has been such an awesome conversation, Molly. Thank you so much. I know that I have benefited greatly from your expertise around this area. I know that some of our listeners are, and I, I always laugh, I call them normal people, but Mm -hmm. some of our listeners are coaches. So I would love for you to share where these coaches that listen to us can reach you. I know like I can't say enough great things about the program and how much I've learned and grown from you and Amy. Where can people find you? So glad to hear. Yeah. So glad to hear. And I love having you both in there. Yeah. So people can find us at thecoachingcollective.com. We run a six month program for coaches building their business. Amy Gianni is my partner in crime and she and I are both master coaches and she also has a long history in the marriage and family therapy world. I know you're going to be introducing your guests to her on a future episode as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really focus on helping our coaches to build confidence in their coaching skills and get clarity in their life and business so they can create their ideal business that supports the life that they want. So really focusing on coaching skill mastery, business mastery and life mastery. So, and we actually are opening the doors to the coaching collective in two days. So September 24th is when enrollment opens. So all of your listeners, anyone who's interested in getting any tips on improving your coaching, your life or business, you can go to the coachingcollective.com and you can actually sign up there to join our free monthly calls. And that will also put you on the list to be notified when enrollment opens on the 24th. So that is the best place to go. It totally is the best place to go. Yeah, we've loved it. If you're a coach, definitely go check it out. It's awesome. Thank you once again, Molly. It has just been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com 
forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.